Sounds great, huh? Oh wow. my god. Wilbur. Mike, Mike, why don't you tell him who that is? This is Wilbur Reyes, ADSR underscore music. Check him out on Instagram. He's got that blue check. And uh, this is his beat. His beat. No one Man, else's. That's a, that's a dope beat. He's letting us use it. Absolutely. Team player. Thank you, Wilbur. Wilbur thank you. Thank you. It's big time, brother. Everybody loves it. It's just the beginning. Man, I just want to like... <laughs> I can just let this play out all all podcasts. Man, this is great. But yeah, follow our boy Wilbur. Man, this is good. Hey, one more time, ADSR underscore music. <laughs> Find him on Instagram, Wilbur Reyes. Wow. Caleb on Team Green. Yep. Good ball player. What, what a start to the to the podcast, man! Episode thirty-two. Big time. Three. Three two. <laughs> Three two. We love it. It's gonna keep it going. Keep it floored. Little Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax. Marcus. Man, a, a lot of people, you know, San, Sandy Koufax, a lot of people consider him one of the top five pitchers in big league history. He had a really short career, though. But Dodgers, man, right? He, Played he, for the Dodgers? He, he dom- yeah, he dominated. Yeah. What he happened was to so him? good. What happened to his... Uh... I think he had some, some injury issues, and he just called it quits, you know? Dominant left-handed Dodger pitcher. Some, some people have short careers, you know, yeah. and... Hey, he's a Hall of Famer, considered one of the best ever. Another Sam, name Sam that a lot of kids aren't going to know. <laughs> <laughs> we had Phil Rizzuto last week. Yeah. I started looking up T-shirts, like Billy Madison, Phil Rizzuto T-shirts, and they actually make the scribble that he did in the movie as a T-shirt. We're going to have to I get might, that. I might get one. I got one. <laughs> Little birthday present. My birthday is coming up, May 1st. How so, old, Amandito? Uh, How old? 43. Wow, 43. Wow. 43, man. It's big time, bro. I, re- I still remember, like, if it was yesterday when, when I turned 21. You know, you, you always look forward to 21, even even though prior to 21, we all had, you know, the fake IDs. We, <laughs> we would know somebody at the club who would let us go in. But turning 21 was a big deal, man. It's a big deal. And I remember, like, if it was yesterday, man, I've waited so long for this. And I blinked, and I'm 43. Wow. Time flies, huh? Oh, my God, man. Just the other day, we were in FIU. Yep. Hanging out. Now we're seeing FIU. guys who went to FIU with 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, one day with, um, with, with the Miami Realtors had a, an event at FIU last year, and I went. And I remember uh, Antonio, who's in my group, at the Opus Group at Compass, we, um, we finished eating lunch, and I was like, wait, let's go for un cafecito. He's like, oh, do you know where to get one? I'm like, let's go, man. I know this campus. And we walked around, and I, I started seeing some of the, you know, some of the college kids walking around. And I'm like, damn, I'm old, man. Yeah, things have changed. <laughs> they, were, they were babies. But, bro, that school is amazing right now. Yeah, it's uh, the way so that damn good. people are getting across campus is different than when we did. Yep, absolutely. You know I mean? Skateboards and electric bikes and scooters. Yep. No, and that, cool. that school just keeps growing and keeps growing, growing and growing. Keeps growing and growing. And, uh. It's got stoplights on campus. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's wild, man. I wonder if people still hitch rides with, with people to get to their car. I'm sure. I'm sure. I think now they have also transportation services, little buses and stuff inside the campus. So, but Man, that was, a, that was a way to hit on some girls, though. Hey, whatever worked. <laughs> hey, can, can you take me to my car? Whatever worked. So, girl, what's your name? But this uh, this podcast, as usual, is brought to you by Diamond Dreams Miami Diamond Academy. Diamond Dreams Miami getting ready for the stretch, for the playoffs. And getting playoffs. ready for the kids go up now in age for the summer. And um, getting ready to, to just do it all over again. You know, it's yep. been exciting. And end of the season is uh, always, um, I pay a lot of attention the last two to four weeks. It's important. A lot of things happened the last two to four weeks. You got to pay attention yep. for roster building for Man. the following season. And just to, you know, see characteristics that come out when the stretch yep. happens and the playoff happens and the commitment. 
It's interesting. It's a good time of the year, fun time of the year for us coaches. We talk a lot. It's a good time of the year. It's a good talk of time of the year for us. Absolutely. And we'll talk a little bit more Academy Baseball, uh, but this is also brought to you by Armando Alvarez Realtor, um, the Opus Group at Compass. If you need to buy, sell, you're looking for some real estate advice, let me know. He's your guy. We'll talk. He's your guy. Today I'm wearing that hat and uh, BD Podcast. We've got our merch. We've got to get that out to the people who have been oh, on the ab- show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, got to get them one. We have a lot of listeners, loyal listeners. We want to thank you for... For listening to us always, and nothing makes me happier, Mike, when people come up to me and they're like, "Hey, I listen to I listen to the podcast." Yeah. I get texts the next day, uh, you know, to text to text me about topics. And Mike, the bun challenge, everybody's been hitting me up. Everybody in Pardo today, he's like, "Hey, let's get this going." I said, "Be a spectator." A bunch, careful. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of dads at St. Brendan have have told me, "I want to be there. I want to be there." That says something up on a Friday or something. There's yeah, some people over there. Absolutely, that that should be we'll that something. should be fun. It'll be fun. SP, however, and we'll mention him again in, in a second. SP told me that um, they have seventy and ninety, oh. so we're gonna have to adjust a little oh, bit because boy. there's no eighty miles per hour. But but we'll adjust. And speaking of David Espinoza and his wife Kristen, they welcome a, another baby boy. So congratulations. Third batter. Yeah. Third batter. Chris, Christian. One. Congratulations to the Espinoza family, the Swing Kings family. Three boys. Growing it. Growing it. Future CEOs. Man, he has a whole baseball team on there. Congratulations, and Kristen. Congrats. Congrats. But, Mike, lots to talk about today, man. We're going to talk about boxing. We're going to talk NFL draft. I've become a huge nerd during the NFL draft. But we got to start with with baseball, Mike. Um, Tampa Bay, still 20-3. and Wow. They're rolling. And speaking of surprises, um, remember last week we mentioned Milwaukee? Now the Pittsburgh Pirates are in first place. Hey, the Pittsburgh Pirates made a nice move today. They signed Brian Reynolds, I think, to like a $120 million deal or something like that. That's Everybody a big move for, for Pittsburgh. That's a real big signing for them. Everybody expected them to to lose them to the Yankees. Even the Marlins were were in the I mix. You know, that. They were yeah. talking about making a trade and signing them long term. But the Pirates come up big. Uh, they have a good record. I saw in an article, and you know, you, you read articles where we're still in we're still in April, the season just began, but I read an article where the Pittsburgh Pirates could be buyers in the trade deadline, and had a nice Photoshop picture of Bryce Harper in a Pirates uniform. I don't think that'll happen, but wow. the fact that they're predicting that Pittsburgh is going to go after some big names, that's a huge deal, man. That's like. That's going way far from what we're used to with the Pirates. Wow, then they expect Bryce Harper in that mix. You know, he's kind of committed to Philly. And I don't I don't know about that one. But, hey, who's going to be the buyers for Otani? Are the, are the Pirates going to be buyers for Otani? Because <laughs> if the if Anaheim doesn't, you know, get to the playoffs, it's been nine years. Right now they're right? under 500. Mike. Under 500. If, they, if they're nine, you know, nine years, you know, let's say – you know who's who's gonna who's gonna get Otani, and then not just that. If if you're gonna have to give up the house to get him for half a season, you, you do. And then you're not, and then he, he's going to go into free agency. Like that's that's not even like if you're his agent, you're not signing no early deal. Like I'm not giving nobody a discount unless somebody comes up big. You know, somebody like the Mets, like the Dodgers. I think but that they're gonna have to I, I give think the farm, that man. I think that. You're gonna have to to trade for him. You're gonna have to give up the farm, and then I don't. Uh, if I'm Shohei Itani, I'm not guaranteeing no but no team that trades for me that I'm gonna sign with them. I'm going into the market. I'm going into the free market. This is this is a once in a lifetime type situation. It's gonna be <laughs> you know a what huge I mean. War there. Everybody else can kind of see where they fit in financially, and okay, this guy's better than me. I'm better than this guy. The years, boom, boom, boom. This is what you get, but. Like you've said, this is a unicorn. This is somebody who's going to kind of set something in. I think just for the game, like, like he has to go into free agency. He cannot sign early. I think that would be a big mistake. He'll, lose, he'll leave dollars on the table. Pick a team between, let's say, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, um, Padres, who, who you know have, have shown that they want big names. Who do you have to give up to get Otani? At the trade deadline? You're probably one, gonna have to give two, up. You're, you're probably gonna have to no, no, four and five. <laughs> no, or or somebody who who's some top guy who has a deal in place, yeah. Trey Turner or something like that. But I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to really move some big pieces. 
That's what I'm saying. Like I, I think the the play here here is nobody give up nothing for him, and him going to free agency. You know what I mean? That could happen because imagine you're an Angels fan. Amanda, you give up the house. You're the Cubs, and you give up the house, and you're in a playoff run, and you get Otani. And at the end of the season, the people that he say that he say, "Oye, I don't like playing in the cold." Yep. You're stuck. You're stuck. You know what I'm saying? It's a tough situation. I see know? him finishing the year with the Angels. Um, Me too. Because imagine you have you're, you're an Angels fan. You have Trout. You have Otani, and all of a sudden you trade Otani. You don't even let him finish out the season. It's you know. Or or you trade Trout to the Yankees. <laughs> I tell you what. I, I tell you what. Man, you get Trout to New York. I. I would love Otani with the Yankees. I don't see it happening. I could see Trout with the Yankees. I could see Trout out of Anaheim before I see Otani out of Anaheim. You know? Uh, but I don't know. Stanton, Dominguez. It, it's tough to get rid of Trout. Amanda, that's the greatest player of this generation that's that's there. You have so him. Good. You're not winning with him, but guess what? If you keep that guy his whole career in Anaheim, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame on that plaque with that A. Yep. Forever. Can't be erased. Nope. You know what I'm saying? So when you have a special talent like that, I think the Anaheim Angels have done everything they can with him. But I just don't see them going out and getting, you know, the pitching that they need. No, yeah, it's. They tried to get Garrett Cole. That didn't work. You know, but I I thought they would make some moves for Degrom or something, but you know, it's gonna it's gonna be tricky, Mike. You know, do you keep these guys there knowing that you can't produce a winner? You know, like you said, Trout's gonna go into the Hall of Fame with with that Angels hat if he um, stays there. If he stays there, or even I mean, you never know. I mean, he goes somewhere for a couple of years, and he, he may still go in with the Angels. But how do you you know? At some point, Mike Trout's gonna say, "I want to win." And if the Angels are putting up mediocre records. He did hey. an interview the other day. I saw it. And, um, you know, when he was like, oh, you know, when they asked him about, you know, playing somewhere else, he's like, oh, you know, when I go back home, you always hear the whole thing about Philly and, you know, it's something that you think about. He's like, but, you know, I signed a long, I signed a long-term deal here in Anaheim, and one of my goals, my personal goals, is to win a World Series here, you know? And he's like, oh, you know, how long has it been? Seven years? And the guy's like, nine. He's like, well, there you go, nine years. They haven't been in the playoffs. Yep. To me, it's an injustice, um, but it's not something that you can control or whatever. But to me, like for us as fans, it's like Sandy, what I say about Sandy Acantada, like not seeing Sandy Acantada in the playoffs, like it sucks. Yeah, you, we have him, yeah, and, you know, you're not going to, you know. But Mike Trout, like, man, out of these nine years that they haven't been in the playoffs, dude, I would have loved to have seen him three, four, five years at least in the first round, see what he can oh, do. absolutely. But, oh, man, we're seeing this badass talent. And we're not seeing him in the playoffs. Yep. He plays well in the All-Star games and all that other <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Yep. And and people that are excited for Otani and, and Trout seems to be the the Mosquitoes because we're talking about them and the Mosquitoes out here are... Got that weather, man. That, that rain, <laughs> that moistness. Summer. Summer in Summer's Miami. Here. Summer came Summer's early. Summer's here. Dude, speaking of the, uh, you know, the, the elements, the weather and all that, you know, a lot of pitchers go up there with wet... Sticky hands to pitch. And the other day, uh, Scherzer had a little bit of an issue. Yeah, he had a little bit of an issue, but did you see the videos that um, that after they did, like, the experiment with the oil, with the alcohol and stuff like that and how sticky? Bauer's been saying that for a long time. Oh, Bauer yeah. came out with that a year ago and was like, hey, two years ago, what's up with this ball not coming <laughs> out my fingers? I think that the suspension might be a little overturned. I think, I think they're going to have to fix that. Yeah, you I mean, know, especially the way it went down, like he did everything that they told him to do, and in front of them, and nothing was working. And when just a few weeks you know? ago, Domingo Herman from the Yankees, they checked him, they looked like he, he had something in his hands, and the, the umpire even told him, "You got to go wash your hands," <laughs> through the interpreter, and they let him stay in the game. You know, Armando, I think that there has to be something that pitchers can ha- or should be able to use because. Um, it's a leather ball. The leather ball gets wet with your sweat, you know, and you lose the feel of the ball. And the last thing you want to do is not know where the ball is going. These guys throw hard. It's dangerous. The last thing you want is to not know where they're going. So I think that pitchers should be able to use something, something that the league makes, 
something that that can be made by yourself or maybe some product but i think that pitchers you know should be able to use something for the whole control factor you know what i mean like they're going to stay in the zone more if, if they have a little more control of the ball. Yeah, it's going to make yeah. everything a little tighter, but it's also going to make things safer. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. Man, it's and for, interesting. for those of you that maybe didn't play baseball or haven't watched baseball a long time, man, putting something on the ball to help with your movement, man, it, it, it works. Um, I used to have a, um, a high school coach, Julio Rojo, who I mentioned before because he was the one that would say, Tu batea bien, pero batea mejor con el copperhead. <laughs> and, and Julio, man, he, um, he pitched to us one, you know, BP one time. And we had a, a coach named uh, Ralph Franco. And Mr. Franco played at, um, at Barry. He was a beast. But he threw out his arm, so he, he was a lefty. Couldn't throw it from here, like, five feet. His arm was destroyed. But the guy could hit for power. So sometimes he'd put a little hitting display there for us, you know, and and Julio Rojo like tells me one day he's like, "Amandito, mira lo que le voy a hacer a, a Mr. Franco." So Julio turns around, licks his three three fingers, <laughs> starts licking them, wipes all the sweat from his forehead, and grips the ball three fingers, but like in the position like you're gonna throw a fastball. And he sets, and he pitches it. Mike, that ball, it was like a fastball with no movement. So it was like a knuckle fastball. Uh-huh. The ball just went straight, did not move, and Mr. Franco couldn't hit it. Yeah, no, it, there's a lot of things you can do with a ball, you know, that, that has a little extra grip. But I, I, I don't think they should be overdoing it. No, no. But th- there needs to be something for the tip of those fingers and the sweat, you know, running down their hand, and they're constantly trying to dry themselves, you know, because they sweat a lot out there. The adrenaline's crazy, but I think they need to be able to use something, man. No, that's why I something. mentioned the the elements. It's safer. Man. It's safer. It's safer if you let them use something than having them use nothing. You know, it's safer. Whatever you know? happened to the rosin bag? They, they still use it, <laughs> yeah? but you know, I mean, but you barely see it anymore. But uh, you know, it's there. It's behind. But you know, the rosin mixed with the sweat also creates a sticky situation. So, yep. It's interesting, but I think that they need to come up with a product that's going to be legal, in my opinion. I'm pretty good with these things. I think <laughs> hey, they need to come up with something. Make it. Yeah, they need to come up with something. <laughs> it's just too much sweat. Make it, patent it. It's just too make much sweat. Money, you know, it's the hands, the tip of the fingers, the feel, the ball, the throwing 100 miles an hour, and it's coming at your face. And, you know, I think they need to be able to use Look, something. Mike is going to make this product, sell it to MLB. There you go. And then we'll have a studio. <laughs> a badass studio. Oh, hell yeah. And look, we have Mini Mignoso mm-hmm. here. We have Babe Ruth, Ryan Garcia. We'll mm-hmm. talk about him in a little bit. We're good, Smashing man. the Ibis. We got the Coke. The Coke. We're good D- to go. DD hat. We're good. And, speak, and the Yankees. Yeah. Yankees banner. Right I could go on and talk about Rizzuto again if you want, <laughs> but, but I won't this time. But before we get into Academy Baseball, you know, we mentioned Rizzuto last week, uh, Billy Madison, reference to baseball. And I, I love when movies make references to baseball. And everybody has their top baseball movie or baseball movies. Which one's your favorite? And which ones would you consider maybe top three of all time for you? Baseball movies. Baseball movies. Well, I think The Sandlot is up there. I love it. I mean, The Sandlot <laughs> is, you know, top, top, top. Um, I love Major League. I was watching it the other Major day. Major League for me is, is, is awesome. And I also like... Um, the one of uh, Bill Durham. Bill Durham. Bill Durham, yeah. Bro, those are three movies for me that if they're on, I'll, I'm going to watch them. You know, really enjoy them. I didn't like Major League 2. I, didn't, I mean, I liked no, it, they, but it wasn't as good as as the original. Yeah, they replaced you know what I mean? Wesley Snipes with Omar Epps, who still yeah, did a great job, yeah. but it wasn't the original. Yeah, it wasn't the original. And Sandlot, you know, it's just, it's just the way they yeah. go. I love Sandlot. One, that's, that's I think, my, my top. I love Field of Dreams. Oof. It's a good one. And for what it means to, um, especially the people who lost their dad, man, that last scene, me mata. Yep. Like, yep. oh, my God, dude. Yep. But what, what a great movie. And one of, my, one of my bucket list items is to go there to the Field Absolutely. of Dreams. That's awesome. And there's, there's so many other good ones, man. You Even The Natural. The Natural. That's you have um, Rookie of the Year, which is a, it's a fun movie. But I think I agree with you, man. Major League. Um, I got one for you. I got one for you. 
Oh, I thought that was like a, a rat or something walking for. <laughs> oh yeah, I got one for, for you. Bad news bears. Oh, bad news bear Kelly. That's Leak. a that's 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 a classic. I gotta it's go gotta with Major okay. League, man. That 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 movie has so many lines. You know, Bob Uecker were just a bit outside, yeah. Yeah. and you may how is it? You may when catch they bring like out Hayden. the lady and they're like, "Hey, every win they take off a piece of her." Yeah, <laughs> I said, you may catch like Maze, but you hit like shit. Yeah, yeah, that was good. The guy slides in the second; he's three feet short. That's a great movie. <laughs> That's a great movie. No, that 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 movie that movie's great, yeah, and Charlie Sheen did a great job, he and uh, Tom Berenger. He did. He did. It was a great movie. Great movie, but yeah, that's always uh, it's always a hot topic because there's so many so many good ones. Um, Little Big League, which you know, as a kid, I, I watched, and the kid becomes the owner and manager of the Minnesota Twins when his grandpa dies. I'm like, <laughs> man, I want to be the owner <laughs> and manager of a team. That'd be nice. We wouldn't be doing this right now. No, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be managing right now. Oh, but Mike, man. you do manage and run a league in Diamonds, Miami. And like you said, you know, you said briefly in, in, in the intro, you know, when we're talking about our businesses, um, that it's playoff time, man. And, and you see certain things that change, you know. Look, just over the weekend, and I'm, I'm going to use my, my team as an example, we were like on a, like a five-game losing streak or a four-game losing streak, and we come up with two big wins. You know, you, you, see, you see a change, you know, like you, you start tweaking stuff, and every team does it. Uh, I've seen great things. So today there was an awesome game in that instructional league. Some of your older kids as well, you know, playing great, and it, it just changes the demeanor of everybody involved, right, when it comes to, to playoff time. Yeah, if you want to win. You, want, you know, and that's and that's something that I wanted to touch on that, you know, once you're in the in the in the like the T-ball division that you're in, you know, it's, you know, the hybrid division, you know, there's little kids are very sensitive to a lot of things, weather, you know, let's talk, look, Anderson was sick the other day, right, yep. you know, normal things, but once you get older, it's like the 6U, especially if you're on like the competitive 6U teams, and if you go into 7U and then you're on the academy's competitive 7U team, because we have multiple teams of ages, but some, they play in different parks. Some parks are more competitive than others. But my whole thing has always been you can't be a competitive player with recreational actions. You can't. If you're going to play in the competitive league, you need to be at your practices. You need to go to your privates. You need to let the coach know if you're not going. You need to be on point because you're competitive. The recreational teams, a little more leeway. You know what I'm saying? It's a little different. The rosters are a little bigger. They'll expand a little bit. You have more room for subs. You know what I'm saying? The rules are a little softer to allow you to bring people to, to sub in. Yep. Um, but the competitive leagues, your roster is your roster. You understand what I'm saying? So this time of the year for me is interesting because – I see, I, look, I see a lot of things, man. I see a lot of things I don't like. I see a lot of things I like. I see some things I love. But I see a lot of things I don't like from people, characteristics, you know, things that happen. And, and um, you, know, you know, we got to make decisions too with rosters, you know. Like I commit to the roster for a year. The year's about to expire. The, the division started last May. It's about to expire. And now you scramble. Now you fix rosters, you know, because rosters always need fixing, especially so you don't win, you know. So, um, you know, if you're competitive and you want to be competitive and you want your kid to be, be competitive, you need to do competitive actions. You're going to be recreational and be recreational. But don't be competitive thinking like recreational. Once you get to 6, you 7, you 8, you don't do that. Yeah, you definitely don't gotta, blur the lines. You definitely got to go to practice. Don't blur the blur the lines. You got to do everything that's asked of you. You know what I'm saying? And if you can't make it, you got to go another day. You can't miss. You understand what I'm saying? Yep. So again, I'm talking about the competitive sphere here, scope. You know what I mean? So other than that, everything else is good. Other than <laughs> that, it's good. Teams are competing. We're excited. We're working hard. You know, all those t-ball teams are competing, man. You know, black, I think black, gold, green, you know, all of you, all of you guys are doing well. Yeah, it's a, and it's going to come yeah. down to the final game, man, for, for the seeding. It's it, it's fantastic. It's going to come down to big time. It's big time. Last week here, and we get into the Love playoff. It. Cinco de Mayo play a play-in game, six versus seven. We're going to have some tacos We want to finish or? strong. Well, I hope maybe <laughs> some finish strong, man. We want everybody to finish strong. Finish yep. your year strong, whether you're going to stay in the program or not. 
finish your team strong, finish your season strong, stay committed, and give your chance and the people around you the best opportunity to try to win. Absolutely. And, and look, you know, uh, starting now, and, and I mentioned this earlier, another thing that, that kids got, have to battle with is, 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 are the elements, man, the, the heat. You know, um, I had two 9 a.m. games the other day, man, and it was hot. It was, it was really hot. It was hot. But, Armando, we can't throw a towel over the sun. Oh, no. Okay. You got to learn. We can't. We, we, we got to deal with it. I saw it. Bueno, I can't. Armando, when I, first, when I first got DD Park, there was no roofs on the dugouts. There was no roofs on them. That was an investment we made. There was nice. no roofs. So, Pops, it was really hot the first couple seasons playing in there. And parents always would ask me, oh, but let us put a tent over. Nope. No, but why? Because the dugout that they have right now that they're playing in does not have a roof. That's the element. Adjust to it. You sign up your kid for an outdoor activity to play in the afternoons after 4 p.m. and any day on all time on Saturday. Well, we're going to complain about the heat. I played on a field with chicken bones. Armando. <laughs> We're going to complain about the heat, bones. but if we're on a 40-foot yacht in the middle of Key Biscayne with 100-degree weather, margaritas in your hand, it's not that hot. Perspective. Got to bring you know more what I water. Mean? You know what I mean? I wish the attitude was, oh, yeah, it's hot, but let's grind through it. Let's get the W and let's get out of here. Let's grind through it. It's never that, though. You know what I mean? It's wild, bro. <laughs> Listen, quick little story. So a couple weeks ago, the day I came back from Disney, I had scheduled a, a Fernie from KSA, a buddy of mine, KSA Baseball Academy. He had reached out a couple weeks ago. The week before, I was like, yeah, let's do a scrimmage game. Next Thursday, I'm like, well, yeah, perfect. Let's do it. So he got the field in Flagami. We had the lights. We had everything. And I told him, hey, let's try to get an umpire. Right? We weren't able to get an umpire. Amando, the field wasn't striped. We didn't have an umpire. And me and, me and the other coach were like, oh, let's get ready to play. I, I had to get my kids. And I was like, oh, but they're not going to try to feel it. Not, I will just play the game. Like, just, just play the game. That w There's no stripes for both of us. There's no umpire for both of us. But I'll tell you what we do have. We got two teams here on a, on a Thursday at 6 p.m. with lights. <laughs> let's play ball. Let's get let's some at-bats. Let's do it. Oh, but there's not going to be enough. No, man. And like they, they, they struggle to, to say, okay, I'm going to play without, right. you know? They're used to having certain things. Armando, and the kids aren't playing street ball like they used to when we were little. I used to play street ball. Armando, we used to play street ball all the time with a stick with Locasea. Then that neighbor, he came over here with 10 on 10, hitting tennis balls with broomsticks. Not doing that. So they to, they, they don't know play. how to adjust to the elements. Oh, there's no, there's no stripes on the field going, okay, no problem. How many balls get hit down the line anyways? And if it does, we call fair or foul. I used to play pickup baseball Well, there's no umpire for the pitcher. No, the other is, we'll call ball or strike, bro, in my home But get in there and get your at-bats. Take some swings. You know what I'm saying? You have to just adjust to what it is. You know what I'm saying? And plus, yeah, you want to win, but that, that was a game just to get some work in. Have fun. Got to know the difference. Have fun. Got to know the difference. You know what I mean? But, you know. A hey, little rant there. A little rant, Amandito. <laughs> hey, Coach Mike. We, we got to go on rants. Yeah, it's all right. It's all good. I, I love this time of year, Mike, because the NFL draft is upon us. And like we've said in the past, we just don't we not just talk baseball here. We we also talk football. We talk boxing. We talk a bunch of stuff. We're going to talk about a little bit about the Miami Heat in a bit. But the uh, the NFL draft starts this Thursday with the first round. The Miami Dolphins do not have a first round pick. Uh, that that one was stripped away because of the whole tampering thing. Brady on a yacht uh, with uh, Stephen Ross and, and Brian Flores and, and snitching and all that when he got a little bit chivaton. But, <laughs> but hey, other teams are picking in the first round. There's always a snitch. Do I'm Dolphins the picking the, uh, in the second. And um, the number one pick is going to be interesting because the Carolina Panthers, who our, our boy David Vela is a, a big fan yep. of, yep. they they talk about traded the farm. They traded the farm, some a, a few picks. Uh, some in the future to get the number one pick in the draft. And the consensus is that they're going to draft Bryce Young from Alabama. And look, Alabama quarterbacks have done well in the past few years. You know, you have Jalen Hurts, you got Tua Tagovailoa, 
Mac Jones has had some success to to a certain degree. A lot of people talk about Bryce Young. I mean, he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Did a bunch of great things with with Bama. But you know, you 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 talk about Tua, and, and it's not and very big, Armando. Not only that, he's not he's he's thin. <sighs> he's very thin. And I was a big fan of Pat White when he came out of West Virginia, and the Dolphins drafted him in the second round. Pat White took a massive hit and never played again. Bryce Young is a special talent. And look, I was talking to, to Vela the other day, and he's like, look, Armando, I think the NFL has changed. The way they play, you know, you have more mobile quarterbacks. You don't need the six foot six guy anymore, et cetera, et cetera. And I get it. But I, I think there's a little bit of a difference between a Jalen Hurts who's un tronco, Tua, com- especially compared to Bryce Young and un tronco. Bryce Young is is small, and, and he's thin. Hell of a player. He's probably going to go number one, and he might make us all shut up because I would have gone with C.J. Stroud, who's a bigger guy, but it looks like Young is going to be the number one pick of the draft. You know how I feel about quarterbacks, Armando. I like big quarterbacks at Capalata, guys that look like freezers. You know what I'm saying? The, the hits are coming harder. <laughs> the hits are bigger. The guys are bigger. The guys are faster. It's a dangerous league, man. I, I I don't like that pick. I don't like it. So I if don't. if Young goes to the Panthers, that means C.J. Stroud goes to the Texans. The Texans need to turn that franchise around, and C.J. Stroud may be that guy because he's a hell of a quarterback with Ohio State. He did have some nasty weapons, but it's a nice pick for Houston to build that team around. Yeah, yeah, they need to bounce back. They need to get back in there. Texans got a good base. They need to get back in there. Another quarterback that's slated to go in the top five, uh, according to uh, to ESPN, um, I think this is uh, Todd McShay's uh, draft, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, their their joint mock draft, is Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is a huge prospect, but also a huge project. Um, Anthony Richardson has a hell of an arm, is quick, has escapability, has all the tools. But he's a project. How do you feel about, let's say, the Colts? You know, the Colts aren't there, you know, to win. And do you think it's, but but they're not that far away either. They're kind of like middle of the ground. Getting a project like Anthony Richardson, do you think it's worth picking him with a fourth pick of the draft? I don't think so. I, I, I think because in the NFL, you don't have a minor league system where you can get that project and work with them and see what's going to happen. I don't think the NFL is built for that. I think especially at the quarterback uh, position, I think uh, I think you need to get get the product in there and productive ASAP. But wasn't this guy we had a kind of medial project, the guy we had, Tannenbaum, those was a receiver, Tannehill. Tannehill, receiver, and then they kind of got him and – he ended up being okay, but later on with yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, but no, with, no, uh, Tennessee. with uh, Tennessee. But but even then, I mean, he didn't live up to yeah. to the big expectations. Yeah. Richardson, and like I said, I'm a draft nerd, and, and I watched the combine, and he made some terrible throws. And this is a guy, like I said, physical specimen. He has all the tools, but he's a project. So it's kind of like a buyer beware. You know, and I, think, I know the Colts know what they're getting into, and... Look, if, if he pans out, they have a stud for the next 10 years. If he doesn't, back to drafting a quarterback later on. Yeah, just it's a gamble, and, and, and it puts you back, just like Tua. It's a gamble having him come back. You saw what happened the other day. He was contemplating, like, you know. Yeah, he, he said he, he was thinking about retiring. Oh, and really quick, uh, two defensive players that are going to go early, Will Anderson, who's an absolute beast. I think he's my favorite player in the entire draft. Not because his last name is my son's first name, but he's he's a great player from Alabama. That guy was a man among amongst boys. I think um, they have the Arizona Cardinals picking him number three. That guy will shore up that defense for the next you know eight to ten years, barring any injuries. He's the best player of the draft to me. Like not even close. He's number he's number one. Nick Saban produces some big time players oh, coming yeah. out of that program. Huh? He's absolutely great. The other big defensive player, Mike, Jalen Carter, he got into some issues where he was involved in an automobile accident where somebody passed away. And, you know, they said only 
which I, I don't know what to believe, but they sent a, a few teams, you know, ended up talking to him. You know, they're still going to draft him high. But let's say you as a GM, where where does where does talent go, you know, hand in hand with with character where you made a dumb decision and somebody ended up losing their life? Um, or, you know, it could be drugs. It could be a whole bunch of things. What was there. the reason of the accident? Do we know? Or I need to look into it? more of the details. I remember reading up on it. And, you know, a, a lot of teams are kind of shying away from him. But, you know, the kid. What are the details? Something involved there? Some drug drinking or something? Or was there... I don't think there was any, like, because, you know, I, I think if it, if it would have involved that, I, I think, you know, yeah. I don't want to go into too many know. details if I don't, you know. But but I, I think it was just like some, some bad decision making. You know, it, it just inside that that vehicle, and and a, you know, a tragedy occurred. So a lot of teams, you know, they just don't draft a talent; they draft a person. They want a person to be involved with with the city, with the team, to be a high character person. I mean, the kids apologize. You know, he's come out; he's been saying all the right things. Uh, Kuiper has Seattle picking him with the fifth pick. To me, I think that comes down to. Whether you feel or not, you got to give him a second chance. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, and, you know, some people deserve second chances. Some people don't deserve second chances. But when you're dealing with these kids, Amando, they're kids, bro. They're kids. They're kids. You know, and then sometimes as kids, you make some, think back, I bet you you made some stupid decisions back we, in the day. We all did. Whether it was speeding on the highway, doing the car, whether it was doing a donut, whether it was on the jet ski, whether it was something, you you know, you you did something that you could say, whoa, hold on a second. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's all about whether you want to give a second chance to him or not, you yep. know? But NFL draft, yep. I'm excited. Uh, Miami Dolphins, like I said, don't pick till the second round. Mel Kuyper at 51 has the Dolphins picking Brenton Strange, a tight end out of Penn State. Uh, Dolphins need a tight end. Um, Mike Gesicki's gone. You know, him and the Gritty, they're gone. Um, he's not coming back. And, you know, McDaniel likes McDaniel likes a guy that could, that could block, a tight end that could block. Mike Gesicki did not block. I felt, you know, for all the great catches he made throughout his Dolphins career— he was a liability blocking, and he just didn't—he he just didn't belong in that scheme, and he didn't adapt to that scheme either. So Kuiper has us picking a guy that that fits that mold. Yeah, hey, whatever Michaels wants, man. You know, whatever Mike Michaels wants, and he's gonna get. And uh, he's got to build, man. He's got to build. We got the weapons. You know, again, two is my big question mark, Amando. One, one, uh, one fucked up. Fucking Gope away yep. we, we from saw, those, from we, those we, hands being crossed up man, in front of saw, his face we saw again. That. That, that was scary. Let's see what happens. If it doesn't work he out, got cleared by a the, bunch um, of specialists. Yeah. And he's learning how to fall and everything because it's, it's not about getting hit. It's just the way you gotta have balls he, to clear tumbles them, back, to clear man. Them <laughs> Especially the way like the NFL's been lately with the whole concussion thing and the movie with Will Smith and all that. You know. Um, but really quick, going back to the Dolphins, uh, 84th pick, McShay has him picking Isaiah Foskey, di- uh, defensive end from Notre Dame. I would like to see an offensive lineman, Mike, whether it's a tackle or a guard or a center. I prefer a center with one of those first two picks. I think um, our our center from last year, Connor Williams, should go back to playing guard on the inside and not center. We saw him making some, some, some bad snaps, some mistakes that were costly. I want to see a guy that could go in there, protect Tua. Uh, Williams, a hell of a guard as well. He did a great job last year with, you know, not not including those mistakes. Move him to guard, and, and you have a pretty complete line. But that's what I would like to see. Tight end, and I would like to see a running back being drafted as well. But let's see. You know, like the draft is, um, is a crapshoot. These people come up with their mock drafts. They work all year on this. And nine times out of ten, they're wrong on a bunch of picks. Yeah, I know. And, and you know. I like that what you said there about the center protect Tua. Yeah, you I need like that. You need to protect. Yeah, concrete wall. You need to protect. I'm gonna put up a concrete wall. So, Mike, imagine you know you're talking you're talking about protection. You're protecting from getting hit. This past Saturday, Ryan Garcia did not do a good job. Did it of getting of protecting himself against uh, Tank Davis. 
this was a fight I, I was looking forward to more than than most fights in, in the last, I don't know how many years, few years. Um, Ryan Garcia, hell of a talent, you know, speedster. Oscar De La Hoya promotes him. Girls love him. He's one of the most uh, followed Instagram guys, YouTube, and you name it. Social media loves the kid. Tank Davis, one of the more talented boxers in all of boxing. Small, compact, but hits like a mule. Probably the, I would say, top two to three hardest hitters in all of boxing. And he proved it Saturday night. You know, Ryan Garcia had his moments, but Tank Davis adjusted. He knew what was coming. He was expecting that left hook in that second round. Mike dropped uh, Ryan Garcia with a shot to the jaw. And then in the, um, it was in the seventh round, man, it was beautiful. Because what he did was... He avoided the, the, the lead hook by Garcia, which he had been preparing for that. He ducked. Garcia pushed his head down. So when Davis knew he couldn't come up all the way, man, he nailed him right between the liver and the rib cage. He took a few steps back, looked like he was going to do something, and dropped to a knee. And listen, there, I've been defending boxing my entire life. I love boxing. Boxing and baseball, and, and I mean, I, I, I love the NFL, but boxing and baseball were my first loves. And um, I defend boxing because there's a lot of people that, that watch and may not know that much boxing and have never been hit before. And a lot of people are like, oh, but how do you go down with that body shot? <laughs> and I tell them, listen, man, do, do you, do you stand, stand there and let me hit you right in that, that spot. These kids are professionals, man. These guys Dude, know that, they're hitting. That's a lot of power there. To me, those body shot are knockouts. Worse. They're worse. Oh they're God, worse, man. Bro. They're worse. You know, because you're you're actually feeling the pain. You get knocked out is one thing. But in this, you're uh, you're conscious and you're feeling that you feel pain. You everywhere. You can't breathe. The kid was trying to breathe. You kept on doing <sighs> what, what happened after that fight, though? Okay, there was a mole? What the, was it that Ryan Garcia said? Man, he said that there was someone in the gym that... Because he that got knocked away. down. He got no yeah, he got knocked down by one of the fighters. It looks like it was another fighter, I think, from Mongolia. That um that was a chivaton, but <laughs> but look you know another thing that affected Ryan Garcia was the um I, I think he was gonna lose no matter what um you know Tank Davis is a hell of a fighter, but Ryan Garcia uh, had a rehydration clause because he's a big kid, so Tank Davis in his camp very smartly said you wanna you wanna fight me okay, on weigh in you gotta weigh one thirty six I'll weigh one thirty six, the day after the day of the fight you need to weigh in. X hours before the fight, and you can't weigh more than 145 pounds, I think it was. Because what would have happened was that Ryan Garcia would have come into that fight at 160. Because he would have re... And, and for those, again, that don't know boxing, you could rehydrate from 136 to 160 if you're a big guy pretty easily. And then imagine you have a, almost a 30-pound, 20-something-plus wow. advantage over so your, they limited his. So they limited his rehydration the next day, so that that causes you to to get you know to stay a little weak because you're you're you you make weight the day before the fight, as for the contract as per every single fight, and then the day of the fight you need to make weight again. So instead of you know Tank Davis probably had a you know a, a burger you know got back maybe not a burger but you know he started eating again. All right, now it's time to like you know. Get get with it again, Ryan Garcia couldn't do that. <laughs> wow! Till the day of the fight. So, did that play a little bit of a part? Maybe, but I still think Tank Davis would have. It would have been a similar result. Ryan Garcia looked a little odd at times, and, and maybe that played a part. But you know, the better man won. Uh, Javante Davis says he's the face of boxing. Let's see. There's a lot of guys that he could fight. They're both uh, young. They're both really young. And listen, props to both of them for being so young and wanting to fight each other at such a young age. Without a title, Mike. This you know? was this was about Mayweather and Pacquiao waited until they were fifty. Like, you know, like Basically. come on, man. Like and they had titles. These guys were like, let's fight. This was for legacy, Mike. This was for who's better? Me or you? Oh no, that the you know, WBC mandates. No, no, it wasn't all that bullshit. It was I wanna fight you, you wanna fight me, let's make it happen. Let's go. And they made it happen. Real boxing. Real boxing, man. Like, back in the day, everybody fought each other. Yep. You know, there were, yes, there were people that ducked each other throughout history. But 
But man, it's a it's a beautiful thing when the when the two best guys or two of the best guys because they're not the two best guys at 135, but two of the best guys at 135 fight each other. You're gonna have another one now, Lomachenko and Devin Haney. They are fighting for belts. They're gonna fight next. Um, Haney may fight, you know, Tank Davis after that. He may also fight Shakur Stevenson. There's a lot of good fights to make in those weight classes, and I'm all all, all for it. I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I can't wait to watch all of those, Mike. Gotta get boxing back to what it was, Armando. Absolutely. Gotta get it back. Absolutely, man. I, I I love boxing. I could spend the entire podcast talking boxing. I had a, a boxing podcast and a and a show boxing during dinner, and then um, um, out for the count. And and dude, I, I love talking boxing. And and this fight kind of you know it it's a good thing. You know, I, a lot of people shy away and don't like the oh because he's a YouTube guy and this and that. And and look, Ryan Garcia's been fighting since he was seven years old. He's, he's a boxer. Um, a lot of people talk shit about Jake Paul. Hey, he's getting in there. He's getting he's in training, there and fighting. And he's fighting. And he fought Tommy Fury, who's a pretty decent fighter. And he lost by split decision. Dropped him in the last round. Jake Paul is a real fighter. Oh, no, but you... Hey, go to a club fight. At Mikasuki, at that hotel. And tell, tell me if all those guys look like professionals to you. The professional boxers by trade, by name, they got license to do it. Are they? Do they look like a professional boxer? <laughs> do they look like a professional athlete? No. So, you know, a, a lot of times, like I said, I defend boxing and I will to the death. And you know, they're just people gotta gotta pay more attention because I, I think any any attention that goes to boxing to me is a good thing. Whether it's Jake Paul, or Logan Paul, or Gaseo. Oh, and anytime you got guys who want to fight. Not ducking each other. 100%. You know? Yeah, the future's bright for all those guys, man. Yep. No, you it's um, it's a great... Uh, and look, yeah. Ryan Garcia, that's his... Uh, There's no Don King. Right there. No Don King in this one, no? No, Don King's old, man. Don, Don King, he's still I saw Mike Tyson. I saw Mike Tyson on stage. Tyson was there? Yeah. <laughs> he's ruthless, man, you know? When they were trying each other on stage, <laughs> I was looking at him and he was like loving it. Man, Tyson, oh, man. Tyson, the most intimidating fighter of all time. A lot of people couldn't beat him. Little Mac couldn't beat him either in uh in Super Nintendo. I mean in, in Nintendo, Mike Tyson's punch out. Hell of a fighter, man. And and I'm I'm glad I'm glad to see Tyson having kind of like that yeah. resurgence, you know, yeah. not now at this point of his life, you know. Just uh just put in one bad situation. Yeah. And that's it. Ruined it. Yep. But then he you know, when he came back he didn't do himself any favors, but then, you know, yeah. he he addressed all that, man. He said, yeah. you know, he had a lot of anger yeah. inside of him and all that. But you know, I'm I'm glad he I'm glad he was able to change his life around. I think he has a um, hell of a cannabis farm now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in money, movies, you know? he's doing interviews, he's got a podcast going. He's not biting any more ears, is he? No, man. Jesus him and Holyfield Christ. him and Holyfield they put that to bed, man. I I don't know if I'd forgive you if you bit off my ear, Mike. <laughs> I like I like my ears, but never forget that that was wild. Man. <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. Uh, Bibi Perejroda said that uh, that his dad, uh, when Tyson was complaining that Holyfield was headbutting him, his dad's like, "Oh, yo soy yo le muerdo la oreja." And then when it happened, they were like, "What the hell, man?" Took a chunk off of his ear, man, and spit it out like wow. if like if That's it was like savage. gum. Don't want to fight that guy. Hell no, man. No. But before we wrap up, man, one guy that took a bite out of the Milwaukee Bucks was Jimmy Butler. There was a lot of debate last night in text messages to me whether this was the greatest single performance in the playoffs by a Heat player after thinking about it because, you know, LeBron did it against the Celtics on a pretty big stage, which was the conference Down finals. 3-1, right? Down 3-1, 3-2, yeah. um, something like that. And then you had, you know, Wade in those when, when he was in his second year against the Dallas Mavericks in the finals that he just blew up, man. Like, you know, they were containing Shaq, and he came out, and they won because of a yep, young Wade. I remember that. Um, but Butler last night, everything he was doing was yeah. was just magic, man. And and, and he had um, the, 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 the sight, man, like the, the awareness. At the end of the game, there was a play that you can't teach that. You can't teach awareness. You can't teach la, la maldad. La maldad. That's exactly what I was looking for. You can't teach that, man. He went when you're supposed to. Oh, there's 40 seconds left. You know, dribble, spend as much time, you know, getting the clock down, get fouled and all that. He saw Chris Middleton. 
alone, and he took it right to him because Chris Middleton had five fouls. Yep. And he fouled him out. Fouled him out. Playoff Jimmy's big time, Armando. <laughs> uh, nothing like the seven seed beating eight, eight, eight seed. seed beating the one seed, right? Yep. Lakers are doing the same thing on the other side. That's with the seven seed being the two seed. Um, playoff, playoff sports, playoff games. It's different. Different animal. The Bucks down three one to the eight seed, to the team who had to win the play in. Without hero, you know what I'm saying, and with a, yeah, so without depot now, you know, as people to understand, man, that preseason is one thing, regular season is another, postseason is another. Yep, it's a totally different thing. And you know, going back to going back to baseball, man, how many guys have we seen throughout the history of baseball que se crecieron in the playoffs, man? Like guys like like uh, Francisco Cabrera with the with the Braves. Remember the Braves Carlos had a bunch Beltran, of guys. Carlos Beltran with the Astros that oh playoff that that's God, when he got paid. Dude. That was crazy. It was like ridiculous. It was insane. Yeah. But you had guys like Mark Lemke, you know, that had no business, you know, and 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 then in the playoffs Fantastic, and guys que, que se crecían, and and you know, let's talk about one of the greatest players to ever play the game, but they named him Mister October because he was a badass in the playoffs, which was Reggie Jackson. Yeah, the guy hit three home runs in a World Series against uh, yeah, the LA something, Dodgers. Something tunes in, something gets focused in, where they they tend to make better decisions, see the ball better. It's probably just a whole a whole thing, a whole other level to the brain that that not everybody has. The year that the Patriots almost went undefeated. Had you heard of David Tyree before that Super Bowl? Nothing. Yet he makes the biggest catch, one of the biggest catches in the history of the NFL to continue that drive and then have Eli Manning throw the, the game-winning touchdown mm -hmm. to Plaxico Burris. He caught it on his helmet, man. D David Tyree, like, you never heard of that guy <laughs> again. Yeah. You know, it's just guys like big Yankee fan. Done. Luis Soho, Vizcaino, Jose Vizcaino, you know, like, dude, guys that just came up big in the playoffs. Know, and, and, and guys don't get paid based on playoffs. No. Playoffs is a bonus. Playoffs is what you get there. Guys get paid. It's what they do in the regular season. Yep. What they do in the playoffs is just a bonus. But, wow. Got to be got to be better in the playoffs, guys. Got to be better in the playoffs. Got to get it done. Good luck to everybody. So, let's see. Miami Heat, done. are they going to do it? I think so. I, 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 think, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. But you know what's playoff caliber? Wilbur. Wilbur Reyes, ADSR underscore music. Here it is. Dope. He started episode 32 and he's closing it out. Catch us next week for episode 33. I'll be a little bit older. Can't wait. <laughs> See you next week.